So when I was in university, uh, a group of my friends, we all decided that we were going to go to a football game together. And uh, to make sure that we could all get there on time and go together, we decided we were going to meet at a central location, which we decided would be one of my friend's parents' house. And I had never been there before, uh, but he gave us all the address and we decided what time we were going to meet. And I remember as I'm driving over to that house, the closer and closer I get, I start to realize that I'm in a really exclusive neighborhood, like a really pricey neighborhood. And so as I drive closer and closer and I get to the street and then I get to the number on the street and I realize that I'm there, all of a sudden I'm kind of awestruck. I drive up to this house and the garage looks like a massive house to me. Just the garage would have been big in terms of most people thinking about this is what a house is like, but that was just their garage. The rest of the house was even bigger as one of these huge, grand, new, beautiful houses. And in the driveway were four cars. There were two BMWs, a Lexus, and a Mercedes. And I remember thinking, maybe I'll drive down the road a little bit and park out of sight went into the house and looking around, it was the kind of place where the ceilings were super high and there was fancy chandeliers and they had all these big, huge, fancy TVs and an amazing sound system and the kitchen looked like it had been just redone with all the, the amazing, most modern, perfect finishing touches and these people seemingly had everything, right? They had all the toys, the pool in the background, uh, backyard, uh, the hot tub. They had the electronics. Um, they had the artwork. They had the kind of stuff that, that all kinds of, just about everybody would go, those are the kind of things. Man, I wish I could have that. I wish I could have that. If you think, man, I wish I could have that, they had one. They had it all. And I remember walking in there kind of in disbelief. I didn't realize this is where this guy lived and this is the kind of luxury that he experienced and thinking, these people are so wealthy. These people are rich. And I ask myself this, what do these people do to earn enough money to buy all this stuff? They are the picture of what most of us think when we think of people who are absolutely rich. Well, today I want to talk about being rich. We're kicking off our Be Rich campaign, which if you've been with us for the last few years, we do this every year uh, at the end of the year. And so from now until the end of 2020, uh, we are going to be entering into this campaign where we raise some money for some projects uh, that we think God has laid on our hearts, that we think are really exciting and are going to make a huge impact in our city and the communities around us. And I want to start by talking about what does it mean to be rich? Who is really rich? And our campaign idea comes uh, from these verses that were found in 1 Timothy chapter 6, a little letter uh, that was written by Paul to his protege Timothy. And it says this, 1 Timothy 6, verse 17, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. To take hold of that which is truly life. And really an amazing statement. And talks about being rich in this little passage, being rich in good works and being ready to share. It starts by saying, he's addressing, as for those who are rich in the present age. Now, most of us, and almost to a certain level, maybe at certain extremes this doesn't hold, but most of us don't consider ourselves rich. 
In fact, a lot of us have a mindset of scarcity, that, that our resources are scarce, and it actually drives something inside of us that says, we always need more. And this year, that has been true, and it's been true on a couple of different levels. I think for certain groups of people, it's very obvious that it's true that they don't have enough, that, that everything that we've been through in this past year has actually shown that there are some, some big disparages in, in who has and who doesn't have. But even amongst those of us who would say, well, we've, we've always continued to have at least what we need, even if some of what we want, we haven't had this year, there's some of those uh, p- pictures in our minds of places where things have been scarce. Even just this week, I went into a store and I was looking for uh, certain items. And right as I went into the store, there was a sign saying, we are out of these items, paper towels, Lysol wipes, a few other things. If you're looking for those, we don't have them. They're gone. They're scarce. There was a time earlier this year where toilet paper was scarce. And do you know why it was scarce? Because everybody was panicking, saying, I don't think I'm going to have enough. I don't think I'm going to have enough. And people started to hoard, which means that supply chains kind of fell through and stores didn't have enough. And so while some people took a lot, other people didn't have any and they were waiting and stores were running out. And we were wondering, how am I going to get flour for baking? Because everybody was baking and flour was out. And there was this scarcity mindset. Now, a lot of us in our culture, we live in a scarcity mindset. Jesus taught us that we should actually view the world in a completely different way. Matthew chapter 6, which is part of the Sermon on the Mount, is a really common passage where Jesus, he teaches people not to be worried, not to be anxious about what we're going to eat or about our clothes, what we're going to wear, our shelter, the things that protect us. In other words, he says, you don't have to worry about what you need. And he says, look at the birds of the air See how they're provided for. And don't you think God thinks you're more valuable than them? Look at the, 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 the flowers in the field and the grass and how beautiful it is and it's clothed. And don't you think you're more important? And eventually in verse 32 of that chapter, he says, For the Gentiles seek after all these things, all the stuff that we need, that we think is scarce. And your heavenly father knows that you need them all. Knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Jesus says, if you really look, even just really look at birds, really look at nature, flowers, and spend some time really focusing in, what you're going to realize is this world is actually a place where you do have enough because your heavenly father knows what you need. And he cares for you. And he's going to give you all of those things. You don't need to be worried. You don't need to be anxious. We have enough. You don't have to live with a scarce mindset. Now, if you're like me, I read that and say, Jesus, that sounds wonderful. We can get into this wonderful meditation, looking at the birds and looking at the fields. But there is a a major objection that most people would have. And I actually have this Bible that I've had since I was a teenager. And uh, in the margin here, I wrote years and years ago, I just wrote, but what about people who don't have enough? What about people who are starving? What about poverty across our city, our nation, our world? What about places in the world where where famines are a reality and there are tons of people who just don't have enough? That is the main objection that we have to what Jesus is teaching here and even to what Paul is saying about, you know, God provides everything for you. Wait, but what about people who don't seem to have things provided for them at all? Let me tell you a quick story from John chapter 6. I'll read a bunch of them, just make a couple of quick comments. Uh, This is one of those things we would say this is a miracle that Jesus performed that I want to share with you. And there's a deep meaning behind it because when Jesus does miracles, he's not just showing off power. He's trying to teach something. So listen to this from John chapter 6 verse 2. 
And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. Sees a huge need. All these people need to be fed. Jesus testing Philip. Says, well, what are we going to do? Where are we going to buy enough bread for all these people? And Philip kind of fails the test. 200 denarii worth of bread wouldn't be enough for even people to get a little bit. 200 denarii is like half a year's wages. So it's a significant amount of money. In other words, Philip is saying, we do not have enough. We have not earned enough money to buy enough stuff to provide for all of these people. This is a scarcity mindset. Now, we need to tune into this. We live in a capitalist culture. And uh, the capitalist economy, there's a lot of upsides to it compared to a lot of economic systems. But there's also some downsides. And one of the main downsides of a capitalist uh, economy is that it runs on the motivation of we always need more. We always need a little more, a little bit more, a little bit more. You need to earn more, you need to buy more, you need to hoard more. And that's how it runs, is off of a scarcity mindset, right? We hear ads all day long telling us we don't have enough. You need to go save more. You need to make sure your retirement portfolio is filled up as, as high as it can get. You need to go buy more to make your life easier or for you to feel better or for you to enjoy more things. Ads, 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 always driving us to more, more, more. And we run off of an economy that is a scarcity mindset. Scarcity mindset is always earning, buying, and hoarding. We need to earn more. I need more income, more money, more coming in so that I can buy more, have more, enjoy more, or save more, hoard more, have more security, get more. And it's all driven on a scarcity mindset. We always need more. And that's what Jesus is actually testing here in Philip, because Jesus knew what he would do. He knew the mindset that the Bible teaches all the way through, which is that God is rich, God gives you, God provides for you, God cares for you. And here they are saying, wow, we have a big need that we cannot fulfill. Scarcity mindset. Verse 8, if we keep reading. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? Still don't have enough. Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. So 5,000 men, which means you're looking at like, what, ten to 15,000 people if you add in women and children. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told the disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. Amazing. Jesus here is performing a miracle, but he is performing a miracle again to teach them something powerful. And he's challenging this scarce mindset. The mindset that says, we don't have enough. Look at all these people. And we don't have enough money. We haven't earned enough to buy enough. Or we haven't saved enough to provide for this need. And here comes a little boy with some bread and fish. They go, this, still, this isn't going to make a dent in it. And Jesus goes, that's okay. I'm going to give thanks. And then we're going to give this out. And what happens is everybody eats everything that they want. And there's still leftovers that they're gathering. Jesus is showing them that when you really trust in God, you can have a mindset of abundance. That there is enough for everybody 
And here's how the abundant mindset works. It's not that I can get more and I can have more and I can hoard more. That's the scarcity mindset. Remember, it's all about earning, buying, hoarding. The abundant mindset is shown by this little boy who comes and goes, here's what I have. I'm I'm willing to give it. Abundant mindset operates on the principles of giving and receiving. God gives me everything that I have. I receive it, which means I can give it. Because I know that God gives me everything that I need. So when I receive it, I can give it. Receiving and giving, giving and receiving is the mindset of abundance. There is enough for everybody here. But how, how are we going to provide for everybody? Well, it's when we realize that we are given everything so that we can then in turn also give everything. We receive it so that we can give it. You go back to Jesus and you say, well, Jesus, when you taught uh, that we could trust you, that God gives us everything and we don't have to worry. Why do we not have to worry? Because there are individuals who don't have enough. What's the secret? It's all in the plural. It's about we and us. It's about collectively, if we realize that we receive, then we can give. And if we receive and we give, instead of earning, buying, and hoarding, there's enough for everybody. There's not just enough for me. There's enough for me and for me to give. And then when we start receiving and giving instead of earning and buying and hoarding, we'll realize that we don't have to worry. There's enough resources for everybody. You know, this year we've seen uh, great inequalities in how something like a pandemic and the economic um, results of a pandemic have really hurt certain demographics of people, people who live in certain places, people who earn certain amount of money versus typically those who have really high incomes who weren't affected. They can very easily work from home, continue to get their paycheck, continue to get dividends, continue to go on. The rich get richer. It's a scarcity mindset. There's not enough for some people while others get richer and richer. But when we realize that the real life, if we really look at it is about receiving, that even though I earn money at a job, I'm ultimately given everything that I have from God, then I can in turn give it to other people. And when we live that way in abundance, there's enough for everybody because we're giving and receiving. We're sharing. Like a little boy who says, yeah, it looks like a big need. Here's what I have to give. I'll give something. I'll give what I have because it's been given to me. I've received it. Now I can give it. It's just so powerful. So as we start our Be Rich campaign, I want us to rethink what it means to be rich. What would it look like for us to change our mindset to say, being rich means I have to earn more and buy more and save more and saying, maybe being rich is about being rich in good works, being rich in generosity, realizing that we are rich because God is generous. We are rich because God is generous. Not because we have more and more and more and more than other people and tons of money. We're rich because God is generous and God is generous to give us everything that we need so we receive and we can give it. And also works the other way. God is rich so we can be generous. What's a real definition of being rich? I think it's when we look around and we realize since God is so generous, I can know that I'm rich. And so now I can enter into a mindset of abundance which is I receive everything that I have and so I can freely give it knowing that enough will be given to me. And if enough of us practice that kind of life, In our community, in our city, we would be eliminating the needs for everybody. If enough of us in this life, throughout the world, lived on these principles, the way that Jesus taught them, the way that Jesus said, everything that you have is a gift from God. You receive it so that you can give it. We would eliminate the worlds. I believe so deeply in our world, we have enough resources for everybody. Our problem is the way that we've been distributing it, the way that we look at what it is to be rich. And there's far too much earning and buying and hoarding 
but we have an opportunity to, to change that, to show the world a different way of being rich and to give because we have received. So today, it is my great pleasure and excitement and joy to announce a couple of really exciting projects that we want to be rich towards over this next month. We think that God's placed them on our hearts. We think that God is going to make a huge impact. We think it's going to be a way for us to exercise this truth that says we are rich. And so let's be rich in good works and let's be generous, ready to share. So with all that in mind, read it again from 1 Timothy 6. As for the rich in the present age, the people who God provides everything for, that includes me, charge them not to be haughty nor to set them hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Someone may come to you and say, hey, this is life. You got to earn more hoard more, get buy more. That's how life works. And Jesus will say, actually, if you want to grab onto life, it's time for us to receive and to give. That's real life. We realize that God is generous, which makes us rich and ready to give. So I want you to hear now uh, from a couple of important people. One is the executive director from Food for Kids Hamilton. This is a partner that we have. You're going to hear about what they do. um, And uh, we want to come alongside of them and provide for them this year in some amazing things. And then you're going to hear from our kids intern and our youth intern who have a really exciting opportunity for us to do some outreach this Christmas season. And we think that we can uh, resource and celebrate with, share the gospel with a ton of families this Christmas. So now hear about the exciting projects that we're going to fund in the Be Rich campaign here in 2020. My name is Kathy Hahn and I am the executive director here at Food for Kids Hamilton. Food for Kids exists because many of the children in Hamilton rely on the nutrition programs that are provided at their school Monday through Friday. And then on the weekends, many of these kids don't have access to food. So we exist to send home, uh, send them home with a bag of food for the weekend. So that's our Weekends Without Hunger program. So every week we have a team of volunteers come in uh, on Wednesdays and together we pack close to 1,300 bags of food. And every Friday, another group of volunteers delivers those bags of food out to 72 schools across Hamilton. So that is for our kids that are learning uh, in school. But many of our kids due to COVID-19 are learning from home. So for those kids that are in need in our program, we mail them a $25 grocery card every two weeks so that we can continue supporting them even while they're learning from home and we don't have the ability to deliver the food to them at their school. What drew me in personally to Food for Kids Hamilton is the fact that so many kids in Hamilton go hungry. As a mom, I know that um, it's so important for kids to have the nourishment that they need, especially in order to be learning at school and physically healthy and mentally healthy. And I was drawn in by Food for Kids mission to provide healthy food on a consistent basis to kids that are in need. 
COVID has definitely increased the need for Food for Kids Hamilton and we anticipated that coming. Um, we are currently able to sustainably uh, support 1,300 children in our program. That does include all of our elementary school kids and our secondary school kids. So through COVID, um, because of the increased need, we do have an ongoing wait list. We have been very uh, lucky and blessed to be able to uh, take on that wait list as it uh, grows. But I can tell you on a daily basis, we do have uh, kids added to the wait list on an ongoing basis. When it comes to our wait list and when it comes to families reaching out to us in order to get support, the, the big difference this year is the number of kids that are in crisis and families that are in crisis. So they are families that are now living in shelter. We have kids that are in high school that are risk, at risk of homelessness. So these are kids that they don't have a permanent home. They're going from couch to couch, whichever friend can take them in. So we've noticed a lot more of that, that the schools are letting us know um, this is a family really struggling. Whereas before they, they may have been doing okay and COVID has made things that much harder because they may have lost their job or there was a period of time where they weren't working. So we have noticed that we are getting more requests from families that are in crisis, at risk of being homeless, at risk of having no access to food. We have a, um, a little boy that submitted his schoolwork online. And one of the things he put in his uh, assignment was that um, there's no food at home. And his mom is hungry and he and his siblings are always hungry. And this is something we're seeing more and more. And that information coming to us through a child's assignment was something that, um, you know, it, it's, it stops you and it makes you think this is a child reaching out. So this wasn't a family reaching out or a caregiver or a mom or dad. This was the child putting it within a piece of writing that they are struggling at home and they're struggling without food. So this is becoming a bit more um, of a reality and, and a bit more often for us that the idea of no food available, what we call in crisis, uh, COVID has definitely contributed to that and I suspect will continue to for quite some time. With fundraising and through Westside Church and the generosity um, of, of the, the money that's raised, we're able to respond to cases like that. So uh, we don't have to say, go on a wait list and we'll remove the child when we can. We never want to do that. That's why fundraising is so critical because we want to respond immediately. We want to put every child that's in crisis into our program right away, whether that is delivering the food bag on a weekly basis or sending uh, the, the grocery cards, just make sure they start getting support and start having access to healthy food. We're very much looking forward to expanding our secondary school program. Through uh, a lot of research, we have discovered that a lot of our grade eights transition to grade nine and are still very much in need. And 74 of our grade eights transitioned into grade nine this year. However, we're only in five high schools and those 74 kids transitioned into 17 different high schools. So we want to expand our secondary program. We're very much looking forward to doing that so that we can always be available when high school kids are in need. Because we know just because you transition into grade nine doesn't mean you're less hungry. 
likely means you're more. Um, and we know that these kids are specifically at risk of homelessness because they, they reach an age where they may not have a home that is provided to them. So we're, we're very much looking forward to expanding our high school program, taking on at least another five secondary schools, doubling the amount of kids in our program so that we can uh, reach up to 150 secondary school kids. And um, that that is something that we know we need to do. Um, and it's it's so necessary for our secondary school kids. And, and we know from talking to the schools, they very much rely on the food that we provide to them. I just want to give a huge thank you to everybody from Westside Church and everybody that supports Westside Church. Any funds that you raise are incredibly important to us. They have a huge impact on our program and our ability to deliver our program. So just a huge thank you for making such a difference in your community. And for the 1,300 kids in our program, you truly are making a difference. And we just want to thank all of you very, very much. And I'm Emily, and we are the Westside Kids and Youth Interns for this year. And we've been working on an exciting project for Christmas that we're so excited to tell you guys about for your families this year. We want Christmas to be family-oriented, fun, and memorable this year, even though our world looks so different. After all, that is the message of Christmas. Jesus came to us, so it makes total sense for us to bring Christmas to our families in our city. So that's why we want to tell you about our family Christmas box. This is an exciting opportunity for families from birth to grade 12 to sign up for to get one of these boxes. We want to ensure that there are a ton of family memories being made this year despite us not being able to be together. So we have packed this box full of an entire exciting family oriented activities and surprises. So we're excited and above all else that we get to bring this to you. So let's find out what's in these boxes. We have some M&Ms and popcorn. I wonder what crazy recipe this is for. There looks to be some special Christmas drinks, uh, some gingerbread decorating houses. Um, oh man, song lists, movie lists, games, an activity book. There even looks like there's some jokes in there. Yeah, and even a nice little gift. We're really hoping that these boxes are gonna reach over 80 families in our community this year. We're gonna be partnering with our church families and our community families, especially those people we had the chance to make connection with over Halloween. So we're really excited to help you guys create fun family memories this year. We are so excited to engage our community families. Some ways that we're going to do that is to invite them to our Christmas Eve service, register them for Westside Kids, and our ongoing kids ministry and partner with them for Food for Kids. And above all else, build connection. Build connection at home and building connection with Westside. So how do we make this happen? Great question, Emily. We have the chance to partner with this in three ways. You can give to our Be Rich campaign, which is going to help fund these boxes that go to our families and our community. You can serve with us by helping to pack these boxes, wrap these boxes, and deliver these boxes. And lastly, most importantly, you can join us in prayer. Pray for big impact in our families and in our community through these boxes. In a time where hope is needed most during our Christmas season and everything looks so different, 
We are so excited to bring some hope to our community families and to our Westside families. We are hoping to engage our surrounding areas of Dundas, Hamilton, and Ancaster, and we are so excited to partner with you. So thank you so much for giving to our Be Rich campaign so we have the opportunity to point people to Jesus this Christmas season. You know, just listening uh, to those quick videos and those people just gets me really excited. Uh, we went and we interviewed Kathy uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, afterwards she sent me a note, and uh, in it she just said how blessed they are to call us a partner. And when I read that, that just, that, that warmed my heart so much, got me so excited because that's what we've been working towards with Food for Kids Hamilton the last few years is we, we want to be there for them year in and year out. And so not just to give them one donation and to walk away, but we've been working on sending them volunteers. Some of our life groups have been there recently to help pack backpacks full of food uh, for kids. And we want to show up for them uh, each year so that they know that they can count on us. And so when she said that they're blessed to consider us not just a one-time donor, but a partner. That made me feel so good uh, to know that, that they're starting to understand that, that we're there for them and we want to be there for them again this year. And so um, that's one of our projects. They have, you heard, 1,300 kids, more than 1,300 kids. They have a, a wait list that has shown up again because of COVID-19 and the effects that's happened. A few, couple years ago, we were part of eliminating a wait list that they had. So this year, I wonder, what would it look like? They have over 1,300 kids. What would it look like for a relatively small group of people like us who believe that we were rich because of all that God has given us is to provide a weekend's full of food, a backpack full of food for every kid that they serve for an entire weekend. That one week of the year, we provided for all of those kids more than 1,330 backpacks full of food, healthy food for those kids to show them that we love them. That's our goal this year is to make that happen and to come alongside of them and make sure that they know when times are good and when times are not so good that we here at Westside Church are going to be there to partner with them and to care for them and to raise money for them. You also heard about this amazing outreach and there are these families that we got to meet at Halloween just, just going and delivering candy and sending superheroes over there. You've heard about that. Uh, we want to build relationships with those families to continue to resource people and here at Christmas to point them towards Christ and share the gospel with them. Invite them to be part of our online Christmas Eve service. That's going to be a really great opportunity to share Christ with people at Christmas. To invite them to register their kids with Westside Kids and, and to be part of our ongoing ministry that we have. And so we are targeting, uh, as you heard again, uh, at least 80 families that we can go and, and resource and celebrate with and share Christ with this Christmas. And we are praying, we're praying that God's going to make an eternal impact in the lives of these families through some of these uh, uh, boxes, uh, family Christmas boxes that we can give to them. So here's the price tag. Here's what's going to cost us this next uh, five weeks or so. It's going to cost us $25,000. That is our target to raise between now and the end of the year. And we are going to ask you uh, to, to generously and prayerfully consider how you might be able to partner with us and to give financially. Now, I have a really exciting announcement in terms of how we're going to do this. We have some uh, amazingly generous people who have gone before us and want to lead the way with this and have pledged to match every dollar that comes in that is given towards the 
disease projects until we hit our $25,000 goal. That means that when you give, every dollar that you give will mean that at least $2 goes to these projects. If you give $100, it means that $200 will be insured to give into these projects. If you give $1,000, $2,000. And so what an incredible opportunity for us to partner with that kind of generosity with our own and to make this happen and to make a huge impact this Christmas through giving to Food for Kids Hamilton and our Christmas outreach for uh, at least 80 families in our city. We're so excited to do that. This is a great opportunity. It's not an obligation for us to realize that we are rich because God is generous. And so as we have received so much, we can now give so much. And so uh, here's how you can participate. You've heard uh, a little bit about volunteering uh, with those Christmas outreaches. Uh, if you want to give financially and be part of this, we simply ask that you go on our website, uh, westsidehamilton.com. You can click the give button. And as you go through uh, the, the, the process there, the instructions, when you get to giving type, just, just uh, from the drop down menu, hit Christmas and you can give using your credit card on there um, and, and make sure that that'll go to our Christmas. Christmas project if you hit that giving type. If you would like to give by check or a money order um, and rather do that in person, uh, send us an email at info at westsidehamilton.com and we will set up with you a time to do a contact free drop off and to make sure that it gets in as well. So that option is available for you too. But we hope that this week, starting today, uh, you will uh, pray about how you can participate in this. You'll talk to your spouse. Uh, you'll talk in your life groups and hopefully get excited uh, with other people about the impact that we can make. Uh, and I urge you to show that you are rich, that you have received by giving this year. Because we have enough. We're rich because God is generous. And we have a unique chance to share that with our city. And I think when we do this, when we express this kind of generosity, and when we flip the script and say, this is what it really looks like to be rich, not, not to earn more and buy more and hoard more, but to receive and to give, I think what's going to happen is instead of people coming over and looking at all that we have and saying, wow, how much of these people earn to be able to buy this much stuff? People around us in our city are going to start looking at a group of people who are so generous. And I believe that People at Westside Hamilton, uh, Westside Church are some of the most generous people that I know. They're going to look and say, how much have these people received that they're willing to give this much? And we'll be able to say, let me tell you how rich we are in Jesus, who's given us everything that we have and everything that we are so that we can give to the world around us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all that you have given to us. You've given to us uh, physically the, the things that we need for our physical lives. You've given us everything that we need for our spiritual lives. We're so grateful and we want to thank you because today we acknowledge that we're rich. We are so rich because you're so generous. Would you help us to express that kind of love that you've poured into our lives uh, through our generosity. And we pray that you'd make it a big impact through the outreach that we have this year to so many families, that we would see people who would come to know how much you love them and come to know who Jesus is and what he's done for them. And we pray that there would be people, specifically this year, children and, and high school students who are hungry, would have something to eat, because of the generosity you've put into our hearts and all that you've given us flowing out of us to care for other people. We pray that this city, there would be less needs because your generosity is simply flowing through us. 
that we would see your kingdom come more and more in this world through things like this. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.